man. Should, should we talk about groupies? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, should we address that? Girls, girls, girls. I did. <laughs> See what I did there? Sitting around with time to kill. If we don't do it, then no one will. Our eyes are cold. Our thoughts are old. Fifteen minutes till we lose control. You are now listening to Music the Lifeblood. generation behind. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Music the Lifeblood, where we always like to do something old, something new. I'm your very humble host, Dustin. This week, something old, it's the greatest 80s hair metal discussion of all time. We break down the highs, lows, and the hairspray of the 80s hair metal movement. Stick around, because this one gets sticky. This week, something new, Music the Lifeblood plows on into our homegrown summer, where we feature some of our favorite Indiana bands. This week, it's Conjurer. These guys are a doomy stoner metal band a la Electric Wizard, Clutch, and Golius out of Indianapolis. You can find Conjurer on Facebook and Bandcamp at conjurer317.bandcamp.com for sweet ass downloads go check these guys out later we're gonna get pummeled by a ripper called marauders but first from their album old world ritual this is conjurer with black throne
gentlemen welcome to music the light blood big jake what are we talking about we're talking about that permanent hairspray hole in the ozone above the sunset strip the genre everyone secretly loves and this is your chance to admit that you really wanted to fuck those chicks from poison we're talking hair metal (laughs) dude come on you've seen that album cover yeah i have i have yeah what does that look with the cat dragged in? Yeah, and they're yeah. like, those are girls. Those are definitely girls. All they're right. not, though. Much, uh, much, much uh, conjecture. And much conjecture? Much conjecture over us doing this show. What? Yes, I've had a lot of pushback. I've had people Why? Say, I've, I've said, hey, we're going to do an episode on 80s, hair metal, that sort of stuff. And everybody unanimously went, what the fuck? I mean... Remember I said everyone secretly loves? <laughs> <laughs> right. It doesn't matter. You're all listening to Madonna anyway. So anyway, okay, before we jump into the meat and potatoes of this discussion, obviously yes. we're doing the Homegrown Summer event. We are. So this week we had Conjurer on. Yes. Good band. Good band. Riffy. Real riffy. A little bit of, uh, little bit of neurosis. You think so? Yeah. Not, meh, not a lot. Yeah. Not like... Carbon copy. Oh, no, no, definitely not. But there's times not. when I went, hmm. Huh, yeah, yeah. Apparently Scott Kelly's singing for him. It's really, it, it really, there's, we're, the Midwest is developing a sound right now. Yes. And it's, it's, it's dip, because up until recently it was like shitty metalcore, like attack, attack metalcore. That was unfortunately what the Midwest like represented. Well, we have uh, Miss May I out here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, and specifically with this kind of like the like the underground almost doomy movement, every lots of areas have different sounds. Like Chicago has a sound, the South has a shout, shound. Uh, Washington State kind of has its own little doom scene, and now we're kind of getting our own here as well. And it's it's awesome because we're kind of like like the Indiana Hills are like breeding some fucking dark. Doom metal and it's awesome. <laughs> the the concrete jungle. That, yeah, that is Indianapolis. <laughs> I I mean, sure, why not? <laughs> no, these guys are amazing, and I want everyone to go check them out. So check out all the bands we're put, we're putting on these next couple weeks because yeah, absolutely these are all bands that we like legitimately enjoy from our hometown. <laughs> yeah, which is surprising because I think it's Indianapolis. It's not you generally a whole lot here. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you wouldn't people, think there'd be a big people, scene Yeah, here. people tend to pass it by, but uh, I think I, it's I think it's just as potent as a Chicago or a New York. Sometimes you can literally watch tours like big the big tours, and you can see them literally like just go around Indiana every <laughs> single time. They'll do Chicago, they'll do Cincinnati, and they just bypass right around well, Indiana. They, uh, that might be why that might be why we have such good music. You don't maybe have, you don't have these national acts. Watering down things. <laughs> oh wow! Ooh, okay. We're really pulling for that underground this week. Right, All right. right. Listen to bands no one knows. Uh, no, uh, go check out Conjure. These guys are amazing. Fuck yeah! Homegrown summer, full effect. Woo! Hey oh. All right. Now, yes. The meat of the discussion. Yes. Eighties hair metal. Fucking hair metal. Metal metal. Off right off the bat, what are your thoughts? You- I love hair metal. I always have. I I was a I was a kid that every kid has that phase when you're like 13, and it like that is what that is still in a lot of cases what if you just search metal you're gonna get those bands a lot of times. Yeah, because yeah. it was within the forefront for so long. So like I had like a 
Of course, I didn't like wear the big hair and tight pants because I'm fat. But like, I what? definitely I listen. I listen to a like quite a bit of hair metal. You've heard me talk about Rat a number of times. Right. I love Rat. So so here's the you know I've had a long infatuation. Long yes, infatuation. Yes. When you look at my record collection, you it's a go, lot of hair metal. In you there. go, oh, he's that. He's, <laughs> the, he's into that. There's a lot of leopard print. In <laughs> yes, that, yeah. in that CD collection. And here's what I think is so interesting about it as a as a movement as yep. a genre that sort of thing because within everything that you that everyone lumps as kind of stereotypical hair metal quote unquote yeah i think there's there's almost two sides to the coin in that there's the pop metal aspect yeah, yeah, side it's, it's of the mainstream, coin quote and then unquote, and metal. then there's the more i would say a little more credible a little more music, you know, musicianship. Yeah, the more impressive player aspect of it. There's two sides to that coin, and I think a lot of the bands at many different times during their career have been on one side of the coin or, yep. or the other. Specifically, the first one that I think of is Def Leppard. Oh, like that's kind of the hair metal band you think of them and Crew. Like, those are the two right, that stick right. out in my head first. But as far as if you want to split hairs and things like that, Def Leppard, anything after High and Dry, so Pyromania, Pyromania. Hysteria, Adrenalize, everything after that, to me, it's just straight up pop metal. Yeah, I, I would I agree. I don't know what else to call it. Sometimes There's a lot of Def Leppard that I even struggle to call metal. Like There's a lot of Def Leppard that's hard rock yeah. at the most. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think they, I mean, obviously they're on classic rock radio. You know, yeah, I mean, I don't give a shit. I, lo- I love Def Leppard, but right. it's like sometimes that metal work gets thrown in there, and there's some, like, especially a lot of the older guys who are, like, who are really, who are young, Def Leppard came out, like, they don't like that label. Like, they're a rock band. No, they don't. They don't, don't. Like, they well, don't like the metal label. Well, I think when you if, you, if we're talking about Def Leppard specifically, obviously there was a major shift. Absolutely. In the, in the Def Leppard sound, and that came with Pyromania. Pyromania. Once Mutt Lane really got took, involved. Took over, basically. Yes. <laughs> there's no there's no real drums on Pyromania. No. Nope. The cymbals are real, but not yep. the drums. And as far as pop metal goes, I think of Def Leppard. I think of Bon Jovi. Yep. Um, I didn't realize for the longest time that Bon Jovi was a band at one point. What do you mean? Like, I, there was there was like the man, John Bon Jovi. Right. And I thought it was one of those deals where like he, he just, just had, had a backup band. But that, right, the, right. And I saw pictures of like Bon Jovi and it was like the whole band. And I was right. like, oh, <laughs> I didn't realize that it was like that? a group. Because I wasn't alive. <laughs> I wasn't alive when they were things. Yeah. Yeah. Tito, Tico, Tico Torres. Uh, Alex Van Such, mm-hmm. the bass player, Richie Sambora, the guitar player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richie Sambora's good. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember what the keyboardist name is. I, the one with the big curly. All hair. I really remember is those purple leather pants. Yeah, buddy. that's all I can remember. Is She's those a like, little runaway? Like yeah, those, like, yeah, like yeah, almost yeah. like matte, like matte purple. <laughs> look at that! Look yeah, at that. look Bon Jovi album right there. Visu- Topical visual aid. Topical. Look at the chick on the front though. I can't. I, I wasn't even sure that was a female because hair metal. That that's a dude, isn't it? I've always thought it was. That clearly is a dude. Yeah. Look at the gams on that dude, though. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I've always wondered about this. I didn't really know what was going on with it. That totally looks like a dude. But anyway, the band—they're on the back. Yeah, Bon Jovi's great. They put them on the back. 
If it's a cover for the gatefold, you flip it out. And... You know what's really messed up? There are probably younger kids who think Bon Jovi's just a country band. <laughs> right, right. That's probably true. Yeah. Like, wow. Any, anyway, because I want I want to I want to create the delineation between hair metal, glam, pop metal. You know what I mean? Because oh, do you, do you think there was a, you think there was a, like a distinction? I always threw them all in together. Yeah, yeah. There's absolutely. A there's, distinction. I I just gave it like um like a varied degree, not so much of like a, a separate genre. It was just like they were all the same colors of the same. Yeah, rainbow. some were a little more poppy than others. Right. See, I feel like there is there is a there is a major difference. You know, hair metal to me is Motley Crue. Yeah. Shout at the devil. Pop metal is Def Leppard hysteria. And okay. There's, and there's 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 very much a difference. Yeah. You know, when, when you kind of look at them very closely. So where do you where do you file glam then if you have that separated? How how does that fall? Like I, I see I see the distinction between hair metal and pop metal. Right. But where where where, where does glam fall for you then? Because I always thought see, glam was me, just another name for hair metal. Right. To to me, glam the term glam gets thrown mm. around in the wrong places. Um, it's like how people use the term emo now. Yeah. My Chemical Romance is not an emo band. I always thought they were just like a rock band. They just screamo, maybe the first yeah, album. See, that's the that's the word I hate. Right. I just hate like that's ooh, it's like gent to me. Like right. it's not a thing. <laughs> right. Stop. Right. It's that it's just a, no, it's a no, derogatory it's, I mean, term. Sc- at this screamo, point, screamo is absolutely um, the used My Chemical Romance Thursday. Okay. Thursday being the. Like the template, the archetype, the, the <laughs> archetypal screamo band. But anyway, glam to me is some of the David Bowie catalog. Okay, I'll G- buy that. Gary Glitter. Okay, Slade. Hmm. Do you know who Slade is? I don't think so. I think that's the one I'm not. Um, I'm not smoking with. in the boys' room. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. wait. That's that's so Brownsville that, Station. So that's, that's not them. That's not Slade. Slade um, originally did come on, fill the noise. Oh, the original one. The original. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, I was thinking about. So you 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 follow you follow glam into more like the 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 seventies, almost like late psychedelic movement. Yes, than than yes. like the eighties. Glam, movement. glam specifically is a is rooted in the seventies phenomena. Of, gotcha. Of rock gotcha. Music. I agree with that. That's a good point. I yeah. like that. Now, a lot of the eighties metal hair metal mm-hmm. bands definitely took those air fingers were important. Yeah, they <laughs> you are. can't see they those. <laughs> a lot of those bands took a page out of the glam playbook yeah, yeah. for sure um and obviously hair metal it's rooted in you know new york dolls mm-hmm. you know the androgynous sort yep. of dress up sort of stuff um it's a, it was a stage performance yeah, along yeah. with the show yeah kiss you and this this is where things get weird for me because hair metal pop metal glam whatever became such in the forefront that there were bands that prior did not have the music aspect of it, mm-hmm. but did the the show aspect of it? They appropriated the visual, Ju- yeah. The which visual then stance. gets real. Like even like Maiden has like a really hair metally, like physically era where they look like a hair metal. Yeah, band. yeah. Sometimes and it's yeah, like, yeah. but they're not hair metal. No, they're like. not. I would say. Well, I think a lot of that's um, it's fashion. Yeah, it, you know it, it, I mean? it just it because we people claim that hair metal bands were just a way that people like dressed and yeah. so like many bands get lumped in they throw it in with the physical aspect right, right and it makes it so confusing sometimes it does yeah. yeah it's absolutely it's hard to you know if you say stoner metal yeah you know everybody's gonna go well caius and clutch 
Is hey, it really? To a layman, you know what I mean? They're going to go, yeah, that's stoner metal. Clutch yeah. is stoner metal. Like, oh, I don't yeah, know if it is. Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of those 70s bands appropriated the, the visual aspect of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, the, the, the foremost, the most serious offenders amongst them, yeah. to me, were Heart and Kiss. Yeah. When you look at Kiss in 1985 during they the com- Asylum yeah. era. Yeah, that's a hair at, metal band with their leopard print yeah. and their pink and purple guitars. Yeah, and, yeah. absolutely. And, <clears throat> you know, it's interesting. You can see music kind of come in waves, and which is really funny when you compare it to today. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of older bands appropriating the look of younger bands today. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. happen. You don't see... You know, you don't see a band like, I don't know, Alice in Chains, you know, affecting the visuals of a younger, newer band, a younger, yeah. newer band. You just don't see it happening now. So it's interesting. And I think a lot of that had to do with we've talked about MTV in the past. Oh, yeah, for sure. A lot of that had to do with MTV really, really redefining how the music industry worked. Yep. So anyway, hair metal isn't glam metal. No. Glam metal isn't hair metal. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. So I draw a serious distinction gotcha. between uh, between them all. But for the sake of this show and for the sake of ease of conversation, gotcha. we can just kind of talk about all er- of it. Everything all at once. Gotcha. So I almost think it like, you know, it's the eighties metal episode, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's because it, even like the guys in like Metallica and stuff who were at the time right. heavy bands for the time. Right. Like very much had the big white tennis shoes and the skin-tight jeans and the big hair there for a while. Right. Now, not like some of the other guys, not nearly as far. But to someone who isn't regularly involved in the scene, if you just pointed those out in like to, to Metallica in like 86, <laughs> like sure. they'd be like, that's a really heavy hair metal band. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's good segue. That is perfect segue. Excellent. So I do what I can. Let's hear from the ever-present hardcore John Carter. Oh. Johnny Carter. Let's get hardcore. Hey guys, it's Carter here again. Dustin asked me to kind of rant or give my perspective on hair metal as a whole. I grew up in the 80s and the better part of the 90s. And one thing that bothers me is there is no such thing as hair metal. Bands throughout the ages have always had hair. The thing about it is these bands that people want to call hair bands, if you will, um, they seem to basically just be the rock music of the time. In the 80s, a lot of these bands had big hair. You'd find bands, Anthrax, Flair, and Metallica had hair that was very similar to bands like Cinderella, Rat, and L.A. Gun. Now, the latter three were considered hair metal, but the first three weren't. I don't get it. Why? It's just the way it is. But what I've seen over time, though, is you had certain generations that came before the 80s that were into Led Zeppelin, Ted Nugent, and Queen and whatnot that wanted to peg the bands from the 80s that wore makeup and had big hair and played loud guitars as hair metal. And then you had the kids that grew up on grunge or got into music through Nirvana and all that. But anyway, those people looked back at the 80s and just laughed and called those bands hair metal. Well, again, like I said, that was just the rock and roll of the time. And sociopolitical climate trends in the media and everything else dictates how most people look walking down the street, as does the same for bands at the time. Now, what happens there is a time capsule 
becomes sort of found in cassettes and, and vinyl and whatnot of certain eras. So there's thousands of bands that had a certain look, thousands of bands that played a certain style of music. Certain styles of music became formulaic. Certain styles of music became revolutionary. After they become revolutionary, they become a formula. People want to cop it and do their own version of it. Okay, that happens. That's been happening since the advent of rock and roll. So we're clear on that. What I'm getting at is, in the 80s, in a very, very sort of crippled attempt in the early 90s, there was a bunch of rock and roll bands that started off in the late 70s that became known as hair metal bands because of the topics of gratuitous sex, drug use, the sunset strip, all kinds of things that basically, you know, discuss debauchery and sleaze. The thing about it is all those things existed in the 60s and 70s and they exist in music nowadays, but in just different forms. So people look back at those bands and call them hair metal. Now you've got bands like L.A. Guns, who were rooted in the punk scene. They listened to a steady diet of bands like T-Rex and the Dead Boys and the New York Dolls and, dare I even say, Black Flag. Tracy Guns was a very well-rounded music fan, and he did what he did. The guys in Guns N' Roses, they, I don't want to call them a hair metal band, but yes, Axel did have his hair in the Buck in the Jungle video. And bands like Cinderella and Poison, those guys cut their teeth on the Stooges and the New York Dolls and whatnot. So if you really want to be an asshole about it, which I kind of do, those bands to me are punk rock bands. Yes, they're punk rock bands. If you look at the Dead Boys and the New York Dolls and bands like that that were the progenitors of punk, they had the same fucking hair as Poison and L.A. Guns and Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue. Mickey Six, a punk rocker. Duff McKagan, a punk rocker. E.C. DeVille, a punk rocker. And then you want to go on the other realm, you have people like Tom Keeper from Cinderella, a blues troubadour, if you will, a very, very Rolling Stones, ACDC-influenced guy who created his own thing with Cinderella. Well, yes, Bon Jovi did discover them. Bon Jovi was the poster child for hair metal, so that's kind of where they got lumped. Yes, their first album did sound kind of like Britney Fox meets ACDC, but if you listen to Long Cold Winter and Heartbreak Station, they're blues masterpieces. Fuck you if you don't agree with me. I don't care. But anyway, there is no hair metal. I refuse to argue this with anybody. I will just tell you there is no hair metal. There is 80s rock and roll. There's 80s metal. There's 80s blues rock. There's 80s punk rock. So you get the dickhead that wears the fucking collared polo shirt that hangs out at Applebee's in a backwards white baseball cap that says, I love Poison. They're my favorite hair metal bands. Well, that dickhead beat up guys that look like Poison in high school, if he was lucky. They get tossed in a lump of shit that these people see bands of that era because they don't want to take the time to really understand the substance of the music, where it really came from. It blew my mind when I found out all these bands, for the most part, were rooted in punk rock. So I don't give a shit if you agree with me or not. That's just the way it is. Punk rock begat, quote-unquote, hair metal. Aerosmith and ACDC and Led Zeppelin and Ted Nugent were also just as responsible. You take those bands like The Damned, The New York Dolls, the Clash, and the Dead Boys, slam them right into Led Zeppelin, Ted Nugent, and Kiss, and you get 80s rock. Tease hair or not, it's 80s rock. Fuck you, hair metal, whatever the hell. People that say hair metal. I'm, I'm flustered. I'm going to beat my head against the wall and listen to Rats Dancing Undercover. See ya! That was so hardcore. Ha! One of the more interesting rants <laughs> from our, our friend of the show. Hardcore John Carter. So I always love hearing from. He's Carter. our he's our our fifth man, if you will. He's our he's our man on the bench. Man on the bench. He's ready to go at any time. Out in the field. <laughs> so anyway, okay. 
I here's what I want to talk about. Obviously, we talked a little bit about kind of like the '70s mainstays that transitioned into the movie. Yes, um, but I want to talk about just how it's shaped as a movement, as a cultural, the cultural impact. Oh, it had like. I'd say probably of a music genre, like of an aggressive music genre, probably has the biggest cultural impact. I would compare it to it's as big of a movement as the grunge alternative movement. Oh, absolutely. Was. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it was very permeating. Very. I, I very would almost permeating. say it's it's bigger than that almost because, I mean, there are still bands who are coming out playing hair metal. Like right. there are new hair metal bands. And there's not much grunge still coming do you, out. Do you these think there? Do you think there per capita? There's more survivors from. Oh, the, absolutely. From the '80s metal I mean, movement. I guess that depends on how you break it down. Because I mean, if you're just talking about members and bands who are still doing things, it might be e- more even. It might tilt more in like an even scale. Right. But if you're talking about surviving bands, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But like, I mean, technically, I mean, Dave Grohl has the Foo Fighters. He was in the band yeah. <laughs> so like yeah. technically are there is he surviving that right into it or is he changed yeah so that's a good point yeah it always comes back to dave Grohl. when does it not it's kind of frustrating i mean he's a good dude <laughs> <laughs> all right okay anyway check this out a little bit of research yes top 10 of the 80s 10th best-selling album of the decade was hysteria really yes that's number 10 yes okay guess what number four was Pyromania? No. Uh. <laughs> Pyromania is way down there compared really? to the other. Appetite for Destruction. Oh, shit. That's Appetite right. for Destruction sold more than Hysteria. I mean, I could see that. And Hysteria sold more than Slippery When Wet. GNR is fucking huge, it man. It's everywhere. It's yeah. huge. It was absolutely everywhere. Still huge. <clears throat> so, anyway, top 10 of the 90s. Best selling album of the 90s. 10th one was the Black Album. 25.6 million copies. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love how to see how those, how like how file sharing and downloading has changed what it takes to be like platinum or gold. Yeah. Because like it takes a fraction of that now to 30, go. 30,000 Avenged Sevenfold, Return of the King. 30,000 was a number one album. Ugh. If it puts it into perspective. Gross. So. <laughs> Get salty about it, that album, anyway. Man. Anyway, okay, okay. That said, so cultural impact. Yes, yes. right. Youth of America. Yes. Shopping malls. <laughs> Big hair. Leopard skin pants. MTV. Pink guitars. <laughs> Pink guitars. Hammer-ons. Whammy girls, bars. Girls. Girls. So girls. The okay. I always think of you know when when you think about the the lifespan of the eighties hair metal metal whatever you want to call it. It had a it had a slow burn. Yeah. You wait, really? Yeah. You think so? Because I yeah. was to me like it just exploded. It did, but that's like the fuse burning on the firecracker. Okay. The okay. fuse took a little while to burn. The fuse is like a foot long. <laughs> so where where do we where where do we think historically is the birth yes. of the of the quote unquote hair metal movement? I've heard it attributed to the the quiet riot event where they were the first metal band to have a number one song sure i've heard it i've heard that be be that i've heard it be um motley Crue's first demo that was on vhs tape they sent around to to labels like i i've heard it be like i've heard that put on many different things 
it's, I imagine it's probably like who was the first metal band. It's one of those arguable points that will never be right. officially figured out. I, I think metal health is pretty like you're holding metal health right now. And that's a pretty mm-hmm. good starting point. I feel it's like nine, 1983. They, yeah. had, they had the first <laughs> metal quote unquote song yeah. that was a number one. Um, anyway, my thoughts are this, that although kiss visually had a bunch to do oh, yeah, with sure. what was happening with the 80s hair metal movement. I do think musically they didn't have much. No. No. They're very like classic rock. Yes, like. they are. So that leaves one other option in my opinion. Yeah. So if you want to go all the way back to the root, you mm-hmm. look at Led Zeppelin. Yeah, they had some showmanship. They you know what I mean? But I, pants. but I think it was very, very, very clear with Van Halen. I think Van Halen. That's true. I think yeah. Van Halen is when the tree branched. Because that I've heard that argument before too, as well. Is like when Europe had the new wave of British heavy metal, their maiden and their priests and all those. Right. That was when the they realized that America was doing something different. Was mm-hmm. when they heard Van Halen for the first time, and it was right. like this is not what we call metal. Right. <laughs> that, so that was yeah, very different. and that's what and that's to me. Van Halen have there's very obvious heavy metal quote unquote heavy metal yeah true to the term you know historically true to the term definition of heavy metal yeah. they have those influences for sure double bass drumming here and there yeah. loud guitar solos yep. screaming vocals and yep. things like that it's you know it's like if you mix Deep Purple with I don't know a keg of beer. <laughs> I you I think you get deep purple. <laughs> you just get more deep. You purple. just get more sloppier <laughs> deep purple. But anyway, to me, to me, I think it starts with Van Halen. Yeah, I'll especially, buy that. Especially on our side of the pond. I'll buy that. And the movement was much more, just like new wave of British heavy metal. You know, obviously America had a thrash metal movement. Yeah, the death metal movement. But I think the hair metal movement was uniquely American. You think so? Yes. Absolutely. Though we had European English bands, the Scorpions. Says the Scorpions, Scorpions would, would, would be say. a really good example. But I think, for the most part, it is a unique to America yeah. genre and movement of music, which is weird to think. See, it doesn't surprise me because we are a nation of excess. Sure. So when you think about it like that, does that, make sense. Then that, like yeah. this is this the the rule for hair metal was if it's worth being done, it's worth being overdone. <laughs> that was always the rule for hair metal. So <laughs> that's a good point. That's actually a really really good point. But anyway, there's a lot of things to think about with the rise and the fall of it. You know, obviously, the rise comes with a slow burn from the late '70s bands. Mm-hmm. You know, and we transition into a newer crop of. Younger bands, mm-hmm. especially emanating from the Los Angeles area. And I think one of the things that made it so freaking unique, especially the stuff coming out of Los Angeles, was that these people represented a kind of a, a way of life that none of us, you know, none of us elsewhere in the United States had had much exposure to. We knew that the guys in Led Zeppelin. Had you know, some excess and did some yeah, weird extreme stuck, things. Stuck fish and chicks' vaginas. Sharks, sir. Shark, sharks. Sharks. Whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> um, you know, and that there was a lot of drugs and things like that. But yeah. these people, you know. Lived we, that life. And yeah. You, it was well documented. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it was much more uh, accessible at that point because yeah. of MTV. You yeah. got more exposure. Now, you knew Stevie Tyler and Joe Perry 
obviously had drug problems. They did, they did some things. But yeah. it was not in your face every day on a 24-hour cable network. Yeah. So from a cultural impact, that's how I think. That's why I say a slow burn because the fuse burns and then boom. It goes off and it everyone's just, involved. It explodes. And from a here's – here's what I'm fascinated with. From the 79 to like 84 – you have a lot of the bands putting out their first album. They're releasing their first records and yeah. blah, 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 blah. Obviously, the heavy hitters of the genre, there's Motley Crue, there's Def Leppard, there's Bon Jovi, GNR. Those are the top tier bands. Yeah. The bands. Everyone had their records. There's a second tier group to me, Poison, White Snake, Kiss, Cinderella, Scorpions, Dawkin. Not quite as big as the others, mm-hmm. but they're still... Yeah, they're heavy hitters. Pulling some yeah. pretty serious numbers. And then you have the bottom tier with bands like Kicks, L.A. Guns. Oh, God, Kicks. <laughs> yeah, Don't close your eyes. <laughs> I forgot about Kicks. <laughs> L.A. Guns, White Lion. Oh, fuck yeah. Wait, wait. I never had a chance <laughs> to love you. Anyway, Bullet Boys, Britney Fox. Band oh, Michael. God, Bullet Boys. This is this list is weird. <laughs> but anyway, what I'm saying is that it was a tiered system and the top tier is what really propelled well, yeah. the genre forward. And within those tiers, there's a shift. There's a major historical shift that happens and it's 1985. Yep. Everything changes in 1985 Do you think it's 85 i think it'd be 84 no that's when there I mean, a lot of big albums came out in 84 man yeah obviously yeah yeah there did yes a- absolutely but 85 is when it took a shift in a different direction and that's when i think it became to be defined as hair metal okay okay where it isn't just a a new just a a little more user-friendly version of metal heavy metal when it became hair metal and you can see across the board in 1985 the visual aesthetics change yeah majorly theater of pain motley Crue. yeah obviously um uh invasion of your privacy rat 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit, Bon Jovi. Yep. That's when things really took a turn to where when it started, that was was the point at which this is what will define the rest of the movement, the rest of the genre for, you know, till the end of its days. Yeah. You know, until you get to like, I don't know if you want to call it a third wave of, (laughs) of the movement when... We got to the early 90s, and a lot of those bands all of a sudden were wearing flannels. Because, I mean, th- we think maybe they were, like, anticipating the grunge movement? Or yeah, was it? yeah, okay. yeah. They were, they were appropriating what was, what was on the up-and-coming at that point. Gotcha. So that's when you have bands like Trickster, oh, you know God. what I mean, wearing cut-off flannels in their, in their video, unbuttoned flannel shirts. There's and, so many fucking, like, bands that I just have completely either forgot about or, right. like, have mentally blocked out. Right, no, no. It's, well, no, I think it's funny because, you know, when you compare the, the, you know, that first wave of bands versus the second wave, obviously the second wave are, that's when things, everyone appropriated the blueprint 
yeah, yeah. that had been, and then that became what defined the rest of the movement. That's where you have Winger. The W bands, Winger, <laughs> Warrant, Whitesnake, yes. all the... <laughs> yes. Um, Van Hagar would be a good example. God, no, man, come on. No. That's Van Halen. It's Van Halen. No. It's Van Halen. No, they didn't not. change their name. It's Van Halen. No, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when you look at the third wave, okay, okay. when you look at the third wave where things really, really changed, Skid Row... Trickster, bands like that. Van Halen changed drastically. They they were they were adapting a they were they were adapting a more quote unquote mature songwriting style. Yeah. It is undeniable. It is, I get it. it. Is but absolutely, like, we it don't, is undeniable. We don't call Iron Maiden a different band when Bruce left. We don't call them something else just because we didn't like it as much. Like <laughs> we, they're still Maiden. Like it's still it's, fucking Van Halen. Not, I'll fight you over it's, this. It's, Van it's not. It's Van Halen. It's too different. It's, it's too not. Different it's not. It's too different of a band. Mm. Anyway, anyway, what Get I'm saying wrong. is there's a very noticeable shift in 1985. Yeah, agreed. And anything pre 1985, in my opinion, tends to be a little more credible. Than okay. a lot of the stuff that came after. Now there are exceptions. Rat, I believe, round and round. Rat's first three albums, um, and I would include the EP, the first EP mm-hmm. in that too. That they were pretty strong offerings. You yeah. Know? yeah. And I think Motley Crue's Theater of Pain mm-hmm. is a good album. Yeah. I think it's a good album. I would agree. If it's oh, not Shout at the Devil, but, <laughs> but no, it's, but no, it's, good. it's not. But based only on Louder Than Hell, it's a good album. <laughs> so I just think it's that. Yeah. It's that good of a gotcha, song. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, Anyway, you can see everything that came out. I made I made notes. You did. You made quite the notes. I made notes year by year, the big ones that are worth noting. Oh wow. Oh wow, look at this. Do you want me to start at like eighty or do you want to start at eighty five? I don't know. Read if you want to read them, go ahead. All right. Okay, let's find us some interesting shit on here. Power Slave came out in eighty four. See, that's a fucking that's that's like the aesthetic of hair metal. That's that stage, that power slave stage is so over the top. <laughs> it it's is huge. ridiculous. Yeah, the Eddie they had, that thing was gigantic. Oh, man. The, the the Sphinx Eddie, it's huge. Let's see what what's the name? Turbo came out in eighty six. Hmm. Okay. Eighty seven is hysteria, appetite for destruction, crazy nights, pride by white lion, white snake. That's a big year too. Eighty seven's a big year as it well. Is a big year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eighty eight. We got you. Just have New Jersey written down. I'm bon, jo- not, bon Jovi. Oh shit! You're right. Yeah, Savage Amusement. OU eight one two came out in eighty eight, <laughs> and and Winger, which may I had right. I would just add the word fucking in front of Winger. <laughs> right, right. When does anyone ever say Winger that it being like fucking Winger? <laughs> like, fucking Winger. Cannibal Corpse is 89. So there's a shift we're getting into there as well. Yes. And that's, that, yeah, that's, that's a big shift. That's where that's why I wrote it in. Okay, there. good. So anyway, look at 84, 85. 84. Out of the Cellar, 1984, Power Slave. And then 85, we have 7,800 Degrees Fahrenheit, Asylum, Worldwide Live, Invasion of Privacy, and Without Love. Okay. Do you see the difference? I absolutely see the difference. It's almost like a switch. Yeah. Flipped, yeah, right? I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I I see it but at the same time, I definitely see an 80 even in 83 before you got Pyromania came out, Shout at the Devil came out. Yeah, but when you compare Pyromania Metal Health came out in 83. Right. When you compare Pyromania to Hysteria. <sighs> yeah, it's way more 
drastic poppy and different yeah yeah i also like you put the elder for 81 like i just put it on there. i know you did I it's it was, okay <laughs> it we'll always find you always find a way to get them in and make them relevant Kiss is you put you that. put like their worst album down amongst all of these major accomplishments. You're just like the elder. <laughs> the Fuck elder. you, the elder. Yay. <laughs> all right. Anyway, let's take a break. Yep. We're going to hear more from Conjurer. All right. These guys are amazing. This is a song called Marauders. Wheels of hatred speeding to the place. District of Jake's hollow Hey! 
right, so it's funny that Winger came up. Dude, I, I will always bring up Winger. Do you like Winger? No, that's the joke. <laughs> Dude, you remember? I remember the first time I realized that nobody fucking liked Winger was when I was young. They had Beavis and Butthead, <laughs> and that were, that yeah. stupid nerd kid they didn't like always had a Winger shirt on. I was just like, see, I, to me, it always, it didn't make much sense for Stewart to be into Winger because really? on, only on the basis that they had a song called Seventeen. And I don't think Stewart's. I don't think the Stewart character would be into that teenage promiscuous yeah. promiscuity. <laughs> so I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't Valid know. point. I didn't think about that, but that's always what I associate with Winger. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. video. Oh, there's a video where they're all like playing acoustic guitars in like just a black room. I forget what song it is. It's like a ballad. Hmm. But it's just it's just so like 80s to the point that it's like. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Kip Winger, uh, allegedly, <laughs> yeah, allegedly was have very, uh, very well endowed. I mean, good for him. And <laughs> we and can't a, all be and winners. A, and an amazing sexual prowess. Uh, I guess. Well, again, we can't all be winners. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody gets the luck of the draw. Anyway, speaking of Winger, yes. <laughs> oh, it's Derek. Hey, Derek. <laughs> Reporting from the field, it's Derek. Where's Derek? Reporting from the field, it's Derek. Hey Derek. Reporting from the field, it's Derek. Where's Derek? All right, joined on the phone with us is my big brother, Derek. Derek is on location at the Winger concert. What's it like out there, Derek? Uh, Dustin, hold on one second, please. Uh, yeah, no, no, I totally know Chip. I'm going to talk to him this evening. We're going to meet up, and I'm totally going to get you backstage. Don't worry about it. I'm just going to talk to Chip. Uh, Dustin, yes. absolute bedlam out here. 43-year-old women running around in mini skirts, headed for a heartache because they still think they're 17. That sounds rough, Derek. Watch your ass out there. We'll do. We'll do. Over and out. It's Derek. Hey, Derek. Bro. Reporting from the field. It's Derek. Where's Derek? <laughs> hey, Derek. <laughs> it's it's always about winger, right? Oh, unfortunately. J- Big Jake, you have seen Motley Crue perform. I have. It actually was pretty fucking badass. What tour was it? Um. Oh, God. It was Crue and Alice Cooper two years ago. Okay. Three years ago, maybe. Pretty recent. Yeah. Um, it was pretty fucking cool. How did, um, how did Vince sound? I feel like he sounded good, but I also feel like he sounded very digital. I feel like they. There it is. I feel like his vocals were uh, being processed somewhere <laughs> before they came through the PA. So, because it was yeah. definitely him, you could tell like he was like doing different notes and different runs and stuff. But like, there was a vocoder somewhere. Somewhere <laughs> there were some effects, pedal effects somewhere. going on. Somewhere I have it on very good authority from an industry insider, and this is someone that I would consider an absolutely credible resource. Yeah, that a significant portion of the my the live Motley Crue sound. Yeah, is not live. Yeah, I could see that. Um, 
I will say from from just like a, a spectator standpoint, though, it's badass. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the Carnival of Sins was probably the last really good tour that they yeah. did. But like they came out, and uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank right now on their bass player's name. Nikki Six. Nikki Six. Couldn't remember it for a second. He came out and had a bass that was like, that bass is not the one he was using a minute ago. That's because that bass is a flamethrower. And it just <laughs> shot flame like 30 feet into the air. And it was sick. <laughs> that was, man, Who the, does that? That, the little, the, the Derek, though, was just reporting on that, uh, that winger concert. <laughs> Let me tell you firsthand that... 40-year-old women who forget that they're 40 at these shows <laughs> is a real thing, and they get promiscuous real quick. <laughs> let me let me sit you down and tell you a story real quick. You can't see me, but I'm, like, doing, like, a shuffle. I'm excited about this story. Um, I went with unnamed friends to this event. One unnamed friend met up with another who was in the military, who was on leave. Okay. So he just had money, just a lot of it, <laughs> and just started buying drinks. And I want, in case for those who don't know, one shitty Bud Light at that at a uh, Klipsch is eleven dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> so anyway. We're drinking, and we are approached by... And those who have seen me, I'm not attractive. <laughs> like, I'm not, like, an attractive man. So this was, like, a big deal. This was weird. We get approached by what I can only describe by a gaggle of MILFs. <laughs> a school, if you will. A murder of MILFs. Um, and just, they proceed to 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 dance and grind all over us. And they're very attractive. Like it was, it was like these women are good-looking women. Right. And like I, one of my friends at the time was single. I was not single, so I was like, okay, it's time to go. So I like literally called someone to come get me. But I had to like spectate the entire time. Right. And like at one point, there was genitalia out in the lawn, and there were <laughs> pictures taken of said genitalia. <laughs> There were there were tits out everywhere. Those women are reliving their teenage years at these shows. And it is insane. It is weird. So yeah. That happened at the Motley Crue show. Uh no. It I was weird, man. I don't want it. I don't want it. It was weird. Uh, man. Should should we talk about groupies? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, should we address that? Girls, girls, girls. I did. <laughs> See what I did there? Pulling out all the stock. Segway. Good segue. Anyway, I did some research. Yes. And apparently. <laughs> you did some research on sluts. Apparently. Don't ask me how. I did some research. <laughs> I did, uh, um, so there's this website. Um, oh, gosh. There's a website that is a... It's a review site it for, is, it is for a, hair metal dick. Yeah, it's a <laughs> message board for... for um, Hair metal dick. I guess. <laughs> I and, said it jokingly, but it's true. For encounters with rock stars. Yep. And here's... Mick Mars was... What? Unanimously lauded. 
as being awful in bed. Oh, oh that's so sad. That is sad. Because he's all, like, oh, man, because he's so small, like, physically small, and, like, now he's frail. Now he's frail. Like, he's at least frail. give him, like, like, maybe back in the day he was slinging some good dick. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> the dude's got to get something going. <laughs> Uh, when did it turn to music the lifeblood after dark that's <laughs> <laughs> whenever we talk about these things every week and then have to edit it out uh, no no the groupie thing yeah it was like that's I mean, not group, a thing group, that happens anymore groupies have been around forever yeah, oh yeah for sure no I still think they're around I don't think they're around in the caliber and amount they were then though hmm. I've, I've been to one show my entire life and it was forever ago that, that I saw two like literal we're here to fuck the band <laughs> groupies and it was super obvious and it was years and years and years ago I saw I Am Ghost you remember they were like a kind of a post-rock yeah. screamy band in like the mid-2000s yeah. Yeah. and my one of my very first bands we opened for them years ago like 07 in maybe even 06 in Ohio and two women showed up in just lingerie at this all ages venue, and there was probably like two or three hundred people there, but like they were there to fuck the band, and it was, and we we were we played that night. So we were backstage talking to the guys and stuff, and they were like, "We're not doing that. Like that's that is clearly a trap. <laughs> we are not going to be a yeah, part of." Yeah. So I feel, definitely feel like the mentality has changed. Yeah. I don't think I think the the years of of you know lining up. 40 women and then just 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 going at it one at a time is a thing of the past thank yeah. god <laughs> i the david lee roth story yeah 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 yeah, yeah i mean def leppard has some of those stories as well oh, yeah. about like the big orgy pits under the stage and mothers and daughters oh well the socio-political commentary part of oh it shit aside throwing down the big words um <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i mean it makes it gets people mad yeah, it does. You know, you know what it I does. mean? Yeah. It's no different than like the pornography industry. Yeah. yeah. Some that just makes people mad. Yep. Sometimes. Um but all that aspect of it aside, because music the lifeblood is not in the business of politics unless it relates to music. We're not in the business of pornography. <laughs> <laughs> We're in neither. <laughs> we are in we neither here. We nor don't there. do either. <laughs> but I mean there was it was an interesting the the I think the actual the actual dynamic of the the women that did this and the men that engaged yeah that's an interesting dynamic obviously yeah that's just, that's an interesting scenario it's to me the mindset to yeah. be able to just do that is insane promiscuity on top of promiscuity with high profile people in mass in mass in mass that's yeah. a that's a that's an interesting thing that is that is a, From a that is a standpoint. like psychological like evaluation right. that like needs to be looked into. Like right. these people, and probably maybe not so now. I mean, kid, young people do dumb things. They I've do. done dumb things, but like, wow, you did a lot of dumb things <laughs> with a lot of people. But <laughs> <laughs> right. well, I think just as interesting though is the reaction that people have to it. I think 
I think whether it be it be it a be it a welcoming or a negative reaction. I feel like now it's probably it almost seems it's more negative now than it was then because then it was almost at least within the industry within the people involved it was almost like herald you know <laughs> like right yeah look yeah. at what we've done which I th- which is pretty interesting because of the if you look at the um, the AIDS hysteria yeah in the late eighties through the nineties you know. <laughs> That I think was probably that probably that was it probably probably the, kicked it off the kicked, one yeah, the kicked. one thing that uh, really started to move people the other way yeah yeah so you know I can't you know I'm reading Stephen Piercy's book yeah from Rat yeah yeah right now and yeah I mean he talks about it left and right through every chapter there's something and I just don't understand how there isn't more how we don't have more dead rock stars than we do so at least not for, at least from like you know like sexually really related diseases maybe less so from addiction but like yeah, yeah. there you think there you'd hear more about that being a thing yeah like well i mean you know i mean there's a lot of you know horror stories you know robin crosby mm-hmm. of rat the big blonde uh guitar player he died of aids yeah you know what i mean he died alone in like a single bedroom apartment in los angeles broke and sick you know what I mean from from that stuff. <laughs> yeah, like Freddie Mercury. Yeah, so say I will. I didn't want to bring that up necessarily because I don't know if that was a promiscuity thing or if that was a. I thought he was with the person he was with when they had that happen. I thought he was like in when a he died. When he died, yeah, he yeah, had yeah, been. yeah. But Freddie was um, notoriously. Oh, gotcha. Notoriously, I can't think of another word to describe it. Reckless. Promiscuous or Re- reckless? Reckless. Yeah. So. And that sucks. Yeah, you know yeah, because I mean? he was such a talented individual. He was super talented. So I don't know from that from that aspect of it. I think just as interesting as the behavior itself is the reaction to the behavior a lot of the time. Yeah. So yeah. And you think of the impact that it had on the music. You know, yeah. it's a very permeating thing. Girls, 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 girls. She's only know. seventeen. Yes, yes. All, <laughs> all those things. So it's interesting. It's Cherry interesting pie. how just what you would the we we have a movement of music that is seemingly shaped by irresponsibility yeah i mean to be fair most of what people consider aggressive music is still generally shaped somewhat by irresponsibility yeah yeah yeah. well i get that piece of it but we're talking about from a widespread yeah yeah it it was like i said it was you were the more reckless you were, you the more you were championed. Yeah, at the time, yeah, it was exactly. Seen. And I think what makes it, I think what made it really stick out in hindsight is because it's bookended with the alternative grunge movement. Yeah, where everything became introverted yeah. versus the extroverted nature of the '80s hair metal movement. So, again, this could be a chapter of the book. It could. It could. <laughs> you just keep talking about this book. Not seeing any pages yet. Right. <laughs> Maybe my pages are episodes. I'm I calling you out, man. Yeah, I'm calling you. You're just going to transcript the episodes? <laughs> right, right. Really? That sounds like a bad idea. Put them in the book. Because I'm just going to be like, shit-ass, fart, dick, poop, dick-ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, you're just going to have a string of words in the middle of a page that make no sense. Uh, no. It's going to trip no, you up on I think, purpose. I'll, I mean, I'll have to get a ghostwriter. I don't know that I can write. You know what I mean? Uh, you can write. Writing's, can, writing's not I hard. Can, I can dictate. I mean, good writing is hard, but writing is hard. All right, so fun, fun exercise. Fun exercise. I pulled from my own record collection. Yes. Some. Some 80 hair metal staples. Yeah. 
Gotcha. Not the be all end all. Yeah. But the ones that make you go, hmm. hmm. Yeah, those are good albums. Things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> Remember that song? Yeah, I'm familiar. What was that CNC Music Factory? I don't know. I know it's on like Yo Play commercials. All right, anyway. <laughs> all right, so first up. Quiet Riot, Mental Health. We talked about it a little bit. Talk about it a little bit? Yeah. I remember when I was little, that album covers frightened me. The, when I was very little. The video for Metal Health is weird. F- fucking scary. It's weird. Yeah. Kevin Dubrow in that white padded cell yeah. with this outfit on. He passed away not too long ago, didn't he? Yeah. I all, Weird thing about him, he seemed to age backwards. That man looked younger when he died than he did in the 80s. <laughs> oh, right, right. Because of, probably because of his hair plugs. Yeah, it had, dude, it had to be because he like looked... Crazy young when he passed away. Yeah, he should. Um, but I mean, the emphasis with that, with that, with that scene of music, the emphasis is on being young. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I think it's okay for Paul McCartney to get older. Yeah, because the Beatles are very mature music. Yeah, I, you know what I mean. Yeah. But if the dudes in Motley Crue start to get look older, Old, the only thing you talk and fat about and blonde is, in particular. Yeah. The only <laughs> thing you talk about is man, Vince looked bad. Vince looks bad. Yeah. You know I mean? So it's, I don't know. It's interesting, but anyway, quiet, right. Mental health. Do you think that these, these hair metal bands nowadays, and you see them with like, with, do you still see them with girls on their arms and shit? I think those girls are getting paid now. Oh, a absolutely. <laughs> yeah. uh, good they exam- don't want to be there anymore. Good example of that would be Paul Stanley's uh, solo DVD mm-hmm. when he did his solo tour for the Live to Win album. Mm-hmm. He did a show in a theater somewhere, and every 30, 40 seconds, the camera pans to chicks with big tits in the front row. Yeah. But you look at the rows behind the Just girls. Just a bunch of dudes. It's a bunch of guys my age. Yep. Beards. You know. It's us. Yeah, it's us. Yeah. So that tells me these chicks didn't come here with any of those dudes. That yeah. didn't happen. So who paid them to be there? I, I, I always think of a weird example where I I used to watch a lot of reality TV, particularly ghost hunting shows. Don't judge me. And there was one. I just thought it was cool. I don't necessarily believe in it. It was just inter- It was entertaining. And there was one where they had him, Vince, on there doing some ghost hunting thing, and he brought like eight girls with him. And it's like they're not. Come on, yeah. like, <laughs> they're not there. Yeah. They're getting paid. They're taking two hours away from the, yeah from the strip club. Yeah, that's what it looked Come like. Down too. here and help us out. Anyway, Quiet Riot, Metal Health, interesting uh, thing on the back cover. Of this album is dedicated. that's the one with the number one hit, isn't it? This yeah. was yeah yeah. This album is dedicated to the memory of Randy Rhodes. Yeah, Randy Rhodes used to be in quite. Yeah, a yeah, I know. Wait, that that was that printed after he passed? Then I thought that album came out. Yeah, he was still alive when that album came out. No, really? Oh no. Oh, I thought he was. Randy still... was only with Ozzy for two, two no, and a half years. I knew that, but I thought long. he was still on that album though. Cinderella. That one's a. I just that's one of the '80s hair metal bands I never got into. They're good. Yeah, like I just, you're not wrong. I they, just like never got into them. They absolutely should have been the next Aerosmith. Those are big words, sir. You know what went wrong? Um, probably drugs and excess of some kind. Nope. What's that? The cover of this album. What? That looks like pretty like on the nose. Like guys dressed as girls on a purple background. <laughs> right. I don't see. No, but it's uh, this didn't last for him. 
Oh, you know really? what I mean? This this didn't work. As soon as they got through with this album, they move on to Long Cold Winter and uh, was it Heartbreak Station, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, they had moved away from this look and they had adapted a almost a, a Aerosmith kind of like yeah. you know old kind of psychedelic hippie traveling yeah, gypsy yeah. you know sort of rocker thing and dude this cover is where they went wrong i'm telling you you think if they would have done that sooner it like the hit this, this the yeah they could have been they would have been able to weather the late 80s and early 90s gotcha. a little better fucking rat rat i love rat invasion of privacy i think we've talked about this album cover before what's neat about this is the the invasion of your privacy the cool thing about it is that up in the corner of the room yeah there's a camera what can you see it oh yeah weird see it invasion of your privacy yeah 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 <laughs> 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 uh-huh. i see it I see clever it. clever little play on uh on the cover art and i always thought the smoke coming in from the shutter doors yeah was the essence of rat wafting in <laughs> gross wafting in from the garden Rat's awesome. They're one of my favorite bands. Tur- I really do like Rat. Yeah, they're amazing. Drop they're, D tuning. That's not that's not surprising to me. Like I assumed most of those bands in the eighties were in Drop D tuning. Not everybody. Most of them weren't in standard. You can just hear that not all of them <clears throat> were in standard. I just think it gives them an advantage. Got. I mean, D is super easy to play. You drop it in D, and your, all your bar chords become you can super easy. Solo. And you can yeah, solo for days. Anyway, shout out to shout the devil. That's like a go. That's a no brainer. Yeah. To yeah. me, this is one of the high watermarks of. The decade. Yeah. This is absolutely. And to me, this album is absolutely metal. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people will, a lot of people argue for it being um, just kind of pop crap. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is metal. I always have this conversation with, because my best friend Luke loves Molly Crew. Sure. And I was like, man, I don't like Molly Crew. I just don't like it. And then he, we'll listen to Shot of the Devil. And I'm like, man, I actually really like Motley Crew. Yeah. But for whatever reason, whenever it comes up, I'm like, eh. But then I listen to it, and it's always better than I remember it being. I think it's great. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. It took me forever to find this. Really? Yeah. That was original pressing? Yeah. Of course it is. With the original inner sleeve with the Ooh, pentagram. In it. Look at you. <clears throat> but anyway, to me, this is one of the high watermarks of the decade. I agree. That's, that's a pretty big one. That's a, that's a big album. Yeah, it's a big, it's huge. It's not as big as Dr. Feelgood, though. Really? Yeah. He's on the call to I think Dr. Feelgood's 89. I think it's 89. Anyway, this one. This one's important. Scorpions. Scorpions. I that that's one of those bands that I mean they're big, they're they're a big band, but I felt like they always deserve to be so much bigger because the Scorpions are so good and they're so talented. They are, and they're so European. German. <laughs> there, here's a here's a. I know we, this has came up on the show in the past, but their drummer Herman. Mm-hmm. He wrote a lot of their lyrics because yeah. his English was the best. Ah, it's always one of those things. Usually, when a European band sings in English, if they're not English speaking to begin with, you can tell. Yeah, I've never been able to tell with the Scorpions. Like it's pretty. It's pretty. They do it well. Yeah, yeah. Because I do. mean, I didn't know. Because my one of my friends, uh, CJ is like way into the Scorpions. It has been for a long time. And he was like, yeah, they're German. I was like, no, they're not. And like, we had to argue about it in high school because I was like, there's no accent. There's no way. And like, 
I sure enough, that was before I mean, internet wasn't as readily available. But yeah. sure, I didn't have it on my phone at school. They are absolutely German. Yeah, but Her- sure enough, Herman's a German. <laughs> this this is one of the '70s bands that was able to transition. Oh yeah, and, and yeah. do it well because they'd been around since. You know, that's in good shape. Sixty-eight. Took care of that one. Yeah, they've been around forever. And I think when Uli John Roth left the band and they picked up uh, Matthias Jabs, Mm -hmm. he's the guy that plays that uh, Explorer, the White Explorer with the black stripes on it. When they picked him up, I think he kind of pushed their sound a little more metal into modern. Yeah, you know, quote unquote metal at that time. And he's a really good guitar player. But yeah, this is this is the lineup that everybody kind of associates. Yeah. The zenith of the van. <laughs> then we talked about Bon Jovi. Talked about Bon Jovi. Yeah, we talked about Bon Jovi. Talked about that dude in a dress on the front. Yeah. That's it, a dude. There's no way that's not is a dude. Is it a dude? There's, that's gotta be a dude. If it's not a if it's not a dude, then that lady is like wearing a kabuki mask. Because that is a dude. <laughs> yeah, the face. Yeah. yeah. This is good tidbit of trivia. What's that? Find it out. Find out. Oh, I go to find out. See like if, you had had if, a tidbit of trivia yeah, for me. See if, see if we can find out. Also on the cover, I was confused for a moment because Bon Jovi looks like Eddie Van Halen on the cover of that album. He does. <laughs> yeah, he does a little bit. Anyway, the picture, the picture on the inner sleeve is what kills me. Oh, it's so eighties. Super eighties. So eighties. It's like that that picture with like the Vulgus in the front and the two on either side. Was done so often that now it's cliche. It's the archetypal. Yeah, 80s like band like them. all the bands now try to avoid that, and it's like, but it it worked. Why not do it more? But like, all the modern metal bands try to fight away from all those stereotypes so it's, hard. It's of the eighties hair metal it's bands because all of the guitar players went. I want to be in the photo more. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it was always about. Yeah. I, I think I don't know. There's so many feuds that came out of the eighties too. Oh my gosh, there's still some of them are still going. I think uh, the Vince Neil Axl Rose. That's feud. the one I was getting ready to say. That's yeah. the one everybody. That's thinks the one of. everyone's. That's probably still going because they're both assholes. Yeah, Axl Rose was like, "You need to quit talking shit to your golfing buddies because some of those golfing buddies work for me." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's the kind of conversation only like a megastar has. Well, that's the kind of conversation mean? only '80s hair metal bands that are still around can have. <laughs> Like they like your golfing buddies, and like uh, t- ten years ago, you guys were doing blow off hookers assholes. Right, right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think. Well, I think. See, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of just shit surrounding Motley Crue. There really is. There's just a storm of shit. There was a quote I saw one time that was, "It would have hurt." Re- Motley Crue reputation more to be seen drinking milk than to be seen drinking whiskey. <laughs> and it's like, that's probably pretty accurate. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Like the more they got arrested and the more they got in trouble, the more limelight was on them. And they had a label to bail them out every time. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's interesting that Vince Neil drunk driving was in a car accident, totaled his car, killed razzle from Hanoi rocks. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he didn't, Never Paid really got put in jail, yeah. you know what I mean? It's because, well, he did he did do time, but it was in a minimum security prison. He got to play tennis with the warden. Oh gosh, and stuff like that. It was, I mean, it was just really, really awful. Yeah, yeah, really, really awful. I mean, that's just kind of celebrities generally. Like that's they get off is. things pretty easy. So the Van Halen 
the David Lee Roth, Eddie Van Halen feud. feud that's still going on, even when like they're on stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And David David Lee Roth kept quiet for a long time. Yeah, which surprises yeah. me because he's, he's pretty like loud about things like that. Generally, there had yeah. to have been threat of legal action or something. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's interesting to see people argue. Man, I love publicly. Imagine if they had Twitter. You know what two bands we... Oh, Lord. No. That's toxic. <laughs> you know what two bands we've not talked about today? We've we've not talked about Wasp one time. <laughs> I like Wasp. Gross. What? Why do you like Wasp? I honestly think it's just the aesthetic. It's hair metal to like the nth degree. And it's got like the horror movie aspect. They were like Kiss, but but like the '80s version, scarier. Like the the really over the top version. Yeah, and they threw raw meat into the audience. It's awesome. It's fucking great. It's so cool. <laughs> it's dumb and it's excess, but it's awesome. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I always uh, when it comes to Wasp, I think, man, they're one of the. They're definitely one of those second tier bands. Oh, I see. I, I like lower second tier, like almost third tier. I feel like Dawkins. You know what I mean? They're they're in that same. I feel level like Dawkins, Dawkins bigger than Wasp. I don't know. Oh man, Dawkins. Like I know Dawkins. Probably knew about them before I knew about Wasp. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We should classify bands. We, we should. should do an episode where we just classify bands, like like break up, break down like a tier structure, just to a make, hierarchy, just to make them mad, just to piss off people. Right? You're not in this tier. No, get out of no. here, C ranker. If you would have got rid of Lars, you would have been in the top tier. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like many statements can be started with "If you would have got rid of Lars," <laughs> insert everything else. If you would have would have got rid of Lars, lots of people wouldn't hate you. If you would have would have gotten rid of Lars, all of your drums would be better. <laughs> if you would have gotten rid of Lars, there'd be way less lawsuits in the world. It's like a poem. <laughs> it's, it's, like a poem. it's knowing on Mount Fuji. If you had gotten rid of Lars, I would still love you. you know, Anyway, what about Wasp? What, what about I don't know, man. I just, I just, I love Wasp. Like they, they never get brought up. as like these '80s hair metal bands because they kind of came late, and like they weren't super huge. But I feel like they did a lot for like even for like the the the, the shock rock kind of stuff. Sure. And, like even in the death metal community, like Cannibal Corpse is doing weird shit like that too, and they got noticed. But like Wasp is kind of like I don't know. They got away with shit the other bands didn't get away with. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Is I think it's just because the way they dressed, like people expected things to be weird, but like I know a lot. There were bands in the eighties who were pouring pig's blood on people, and like it was this outrage. Like people are doing this shit. And Wasp was throwing t t bone steaks at people, and like yeah. no one batted an eye. Well, I think I mean from a from a musical standpoint, there isn't anything exceptional about Wasp. <sighs> Their guitar player was pretty good. They Chris, had a really Chris solid. Lead, yeah, they had a really solid lead guitar player who, by the way, does really weird shit now. He does. Have you seen that music video we put out like a year ago that's like yeah. shot on a handy cam and a cell phone? Mm-hmm. He's like not plugged into anything. Yeah. And oh, it's bad. That's Chris Holmes for you. <laughs> it's so bad. Here, okay. He's good though. Okay, interesting thing about Chris Holmes because it's kind of, I'm kind of glad you brought up Wasp. Okay, so Downfall of Western Civilization mm-hmm. Part Two. Yeah. Okay, the metal years. Yes. Quote unquote. Have you watched it? Yes. Ever? With the, the talk about the scene with the vodka and everything in the yeah. pool. Yeah. Now, everybody knows that Penelope Spheres, uh, she. Heavily, heavily edited and directed things. Oh yeah, for to, sure. To to 
kind of get her point across. It's like watching a Michael Moore movie. Yeah, yeah. I just pissed off all the liberals in the <clears> audience. <throat> I mean, eh, yeah, can't please everybody. Anyway, um, anyway, like the scene with Ozzy making eggs, <laughs> yeah. making breakfast. Yeah, Ozzy's not actually making breakfast. They they shot those the scenes with the pan separate. Yeah, with somebody else. But anyway, the scene with Chris Holmes in the pool guzzling the the bottle of vodka yeah. with his mom sitting at the side of uh the pool just kind of looking sad and yeah yeah disgusted with the whole situation that scene to me a lot of people will attribute that scene for setting in motion a lot of people just being sick and disgusted with the hair metal the excess, movement yeah. yeah and i think that I don't know that it necessarily was the thing that, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back yeah. or horse's back, whatever it is. Um, I don't necessarily think it was that, but I do think it was a step in that direction yeah. where people could go to that and say, this is bad. This is bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you never know. I mean, that could have been the movie Kurt Cobain was watching, you know what I mean, when he w- when yeah. he decided to start writing the next batch of songs for That's true. whatever. That's a joke, by the way. I, yeah, I everyone, as much. everyone laugh. <laughs> um, anyway, it's funny that you bring up Wasp because that's kind of representative of what the fuck went wrong. Yeah, with a lot of those bands. True. And when things did shift, I don't want to say it was a slow burn. You know what yeah. I mean? Because we did get Warrant Cherry Pie on. You know, was being played on the same countdown as Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit for a yeah. little while. So obviously the worlds collided, but obviously when they did collide, grunge one. Yeah. Now, do you absolutely one? Do you hold Nirvana responsible for like the decline of of like mainstream metal? See, I always did. I always like directly held them responsible for it. No, not at all. I hold. Who else would you would you point fingers at then? The record the the record industry at the time. You think so? Everything was stamped out. You know. Okay, this template worked. We yeah, gotta, we gotta do this. So yeah, you, the, like the the you, big hit first song, the right, ballad, the second power song. ballad, second song, yeah. and then and then and then whatever, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And then whatever, and it became cookie cutter formulaic bullshit. Yeah. You know, I've heard D. Snyder talk about that. You know, which is funny because D. Snyder, <laughs> really, I go toe to toe with D. Snyder if he was ever on my what? show. But um, anyway, no, I don't hold Nirvana responsible. See, I, I guess no. I guess from I was. It's a it's a weird because when you when we were young we I mean we just dug in to like the history of metal like yeah. all my friends were just neck deep in the history of metal and so when we got to the right age where we like started getting into like we were looking into what why this isn't mainstream anymore and you find out like people talk about the grunge movement stuff and Nirvana was at the forefront of that very much so so like I guess. We were just pissed off teenagers. The music we didn't like wasn't mainstream. Any music we liked wasn't mainstream anymore, mm-hmm. and this was why. And so we like very much directly held them responsible. And I still don't like Nirvana because of that mind frame. I cannot get around the fact hmm. that because I prefer metal over grunge any day. Sure, but like I just I can't get over the fact that they're the reason that my music isn't like acceptable now. Hmm. But. I mean, at the same time, I almost don't think I want it to be at this point. Sure. But, like, I guess there's just – I just – I can't get past Nirvana because of that. Right. And it's weird. It, I know it's dumb, but it's just something in my brain from a very young age that was imprinted very early. And I just can't – like, I just – I don't like Nirvana because of that. Right. 
I, you know, here's the weird thing about the grunge movement. I think there's Nirvana gets labeled as the grunge band, obviously just because of Nevermind was so freaking huge. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but when you look at the grunge movement or the alternative movement as a whole, especially with the bigger bands, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam. See, I've never thought bands. Pearl Jam was a grunge band. No, but they got lumped in with yeah, the alternative yeah. movement. They're just like they're clearly just like a radio rock band. Those three bands can play. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing about Nirvana was that there was a lot of discussion that they weren't virtuosos. Oh no, you know, not at all. Their music wasn't com- complicated or anything like that. But that aspect of the grunge movement was definitely it was there. Yeah. You listen to the Pixies. You know what I mean? Not the greatest musicians in yeah. the world. You listen to, you know, Nirvana, same thing. You listen to Tad, same thing. But there's just as many bands that got lumped into the alternative movement that musically were taking pages out of what the late 70s, early 80s bands were yeah. doing. Because from a generational standpoint, that's who they were emulating. Yeah. You know, you can't tell me that Stone Gossard doesn't play some Ace Freely licks every night. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is what it is. So I think that, and even Alice in Chains, when Alice in Chains did uh, Clash of the Titans with uh, Megadeth and yeah. uh, whoever else, whoever the hell else was on that tour, um, look at the look at the clothes that they were wearing. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they all had long hair. They were wearing tight pants, leather pants, stuff like that. You know, it was just a less you know there became a point where they were almost emulating each other because each other were like they kind of almost wanted to be each other like metal wanted to be as big as grunge was there at the end and grunge secretly wanted to be metal because they just that's what they grew up listening to so they kind of were emulating each other yeah i remember i remember reading an article at that time where somebody was interviewing kurt cobain and he said they were what's the last great concert you ever went to and he was like aerosmith it was amazing. Yeah. They put on a, a great show. And I remember how pissed off <laughs> that made a lot of people. Like, oh, that's fucking bullshit. Kirk Cobain was a Kiss fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? The the back cover of Nirvana, that meat collage. Yeah. There's a picture of Kiss from the Love Gun cover in the middle of it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think that's... I mean, that's an interesting discussion to have. Yeah. Because I think one, in a lot of people's head, the lexicon of music history and knowledge in the country and passion about different movements and things like that. People tend to think that those two things are complete opposites. When I do think the collision of the two did somewhat shape. They yeah, things moving forward were yeah. kind of a little bit of both. Yeah. 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 They had out, they had elements of, yeah. Cause I always, I always, the first time I, I remember the very first time I heard, a breakdown like a like a modern day metal breakdown it struck me as a almost a grunge formula where like things are really mellow then things get really heavy then things get really mellow then things get really heavy like right. back and forth but nirvana was especially nirvana did that like right. the the choruses or the verses were real mellow and then the choruses were just like the bottom would drop out right and that always just struck me as like a grunge thing when i for the when i was very young and the first time i heard it it was this is this is grunge structure. This right. has that back and forth. So I guess maybe it, it's affected both things. Where like the the kind of the excess and the like you said the the virtuosos came from the metal side, and maybe that that grungy heaviness was a little bit more influenced from grunge. What a lot of us care to admit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think a lot of people, you know, the the Rolling Stone crowd. Yeah. You know, that, you know, still really believe Lou Reed is credible. You know what I mean? <laughs> that Lou Reed was only writing for artistic integrity. No, Lou Reed was a junk and he was writing to score heroin. Ooh. Period. End of story. You know what I mean? That that crowd of people that think that everything about every band from that movement, that the hair metal band or the hair metal bands were just, you know, right place, right time. They yeah. print, they primped enough to get notice and that the hair metal versus the, the grunge bands, the grunge bands had really something deep to say. You know what I mean? I, I think, I think both movement are just as deep and just as shallow yeah, see, as, as the other. When people, I hate when people put that on music. It's like they, they project what they think on the people. The tool, you never, you the never, tool fans. Yeah. You never know. You never know what that person's writing about like you you don't know like yeah. you don't know <laughs> like the argument they had with the um, uh oh shoot it was with twisted sister with when d snyder went and talked what was that organization trying pmrc pmrc remember what it was where they were saying that his song was about like the the sadomasochism and violent sex and he's like this is about a dentist appointment i had <laughs> like it's just yeah. like you're you're projecting onto it you're projecting what you want to see so if people want to believe that the, these these hoity toities who thought hair metal was just glam and glitter, and that the Grudge had something to say, right. it's because they want to believe that hair metal had right. nothing to say. Yeah, well, I do. Th- I mean, there's bands in every genre of music that do say profound things. Oh, for sure, for sure. In every genre, but you can't you can't just put that on a whole genre of music. Yeah. That's stupid. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think the minute people saw Eddie Vedder, you know, hashtag deep. Ooh, looking through the paper because he doesn't know to read. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like people assume way too fucking much. I know about what an artist is doing. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I don't know. I I've almost come to a point. I don't think they even come to a point. I kind of always been that way. The deep stuff never appealed to me. Mm. Like I, it sounds shitty and kind of like a privilege thing, but I've not had any like struggles like that in my life. Like I don't, <laughs> I haven't struggled with like addiction. Right. Like the worst thing that's ever happened to me was a bad breakup. But like, right. I don't, I guess I just don't relate to it. So I, the, those bands was like, Oh, I'm so deep. Oh, ooh, artsy was just never, uh, <laughs> just never, never did it for me. Yeah. I mean, I get it. You know what I mean? I remember when Fiona Apple put out her first album, everybody was like, Oh my God, she's the next Maya Angelou. Yeah. And I remember listening to the album going, that's a really good album. She's not Maya Angelou. She's mimicking Maya Angelou pretty well. Yeah. But she's not my Angela. Yeah, I just, you know, the, everything people assume way too much. Way everything too much. boils down to me. We had this discussion last week where we talked about how everything has to be true to itself for me. Like right. whether no matter what that is. So I guess if you are like hashtag deep, <laughs> then I mean, good for you. But like, I just feel like a lot of times that comes off really fake to me. Yeah. And like, they think that's where it, it bugs me. Yeah. Because it's way, I don't know. Young people are way more apt to write about what they like and having fun and the sex, drugs, and rock and roll than they are to write about how deep they are, I guess. Yes, It always comes off very fake to me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I just, man, it's funny to pick 
it's funny to pick artwork apart. It is. Especially. And it's, and it's shitty because we're doing the exact same thing I just said I hate when people do. Right, right. So. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. It's fun to pick apart something that seems shallow. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, uh, whatever. Hair metal. Hair metal. Feels like we're wrapping it up. Yeah, we are. All right. So, album of the decade? <sighs> like, hair metal album of the decade? Yeah. Man. The '80s metal album of the decade. I mean, it depends on what you're what you're ju- what you're judging on here, because like the first what, one, what in your opinion, what's the best one? Uh, Hysteria is real good. Hysteria, really? Uh, Hysteria. Yeah, um, 1984 is real good. Um, that's a hard question, man. I'm gonna. I like. I really like 1984. Uh, Shout of the Devil's real good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll go with those three. I think those that's, three. that's my three. Okay. Yeah, those are the ones when I think of Harrow. That's what comes to mind right. first. What about you? I can live with Shout at the Devil. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Pyromania. You think so? More than Hysteria? Oh yeah. Okay. Much better album. Much. Better and that, I know that that's the difference far. right there. It might be a better album, but which was which like formed the genre more. I don't care about that. Gotcha. Okay. I don't care about what I like. (laughs) Gotcha. I mean, if that's what we're going by, then yeah, Pyromania is awesome. Pyromania is the bee's knees. Yeah. Um, And, man, I don't know. Maybe Scorpions Love at First Sting. Um, That's pretty good. I think it's really good. It's not up there. You know what I mean? But, um, I mean, New Jersey is a really good album. Yeah. And so is Slippery When Wet. No, I would say Slippery When Wet. Slippery When oh, Wet. Slippery When Wet's really Shout good, Shout at the too. Devil and Pyromania. That's a good. That's only, a good. Only because Wanted Dead or Alive is on there. Wanted Dead or Alive. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do